This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point four billion dollars. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Walleyes relating to deep mud, where there's schools of bait fish. Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. Well, the Minnesota Fishing Challenge recently took place on Gull Lake and raised a record amount, $512,000. That's amazing. And to learn more about it, the Honorary Tournament Director joins us now, Hall of Famer Steve Panaz, host of Lake Commandos. He's uh, also known from North American Fishermen, Not Wars, but soon he's going to be catapulted into even more fame and fortune with his appearance on this summer's Taz and TV. (laughs) Steve, how you doing? I'm good down in Orlando, and I don't know if the uh, lawnmower just started as we're here. So can you hear that? <laughs> I don't if hear you, it. If you don't hear it, let right. me know. I'll, I might have to move inside, but I wanted to enjoy the heat from uh, Florida heat right now. So you're in Orlando. What, how hot is it, first of all? Because summertime in Florida sounds terrible. Today is not bad. Yesterday was 97. So it was brutal, brutal. I mean, you melt walking out of the building. So, yeah. But not bad today. We got some clouds. It'd be a good day to be fishing. But why you're down there, though, makes it all worth it. Tell us why you're down there. Well, my son Pierce has been competing in gymnastics for Special Olympics for since he was like eight or nine. And he did a team in Minnesota this year to fish and compete in the USA Games. And uh, so uh, he's been competing the last three days. It was pretty awesome. He ended up winning the gold overall and a couple silvers yesterday. And, and then he had his last three events today. So we'll see how he did tomorrow. That's awesome. You cut out just a little bit, but it's the, the Special Olympics uh, Olympic Games going on down there, right? Yeah, they call it the USA Games. There's almost uh, almost 3,000 athletes from, I mean, from all over the country. Uh, I saw Alaska, Hawaii, and Florida, and New York, and I mean, it's Texas, everything. It's, it's just a fun event. I have to read, Pierce has his own Facebook page, and I have to read what is what his uh what his bio is on there because this is great it's pierce the beast he's been destroying the definition of down syndrome since day one fearless and funny this fan of wwe girls classic rock and meat sticks is showing the world what it means to lead from the heart that's awesome um, yeah is he there is- he's not he's back at the hotel and they're heading to wild kingdom this afternoon after the competition ended but uh yeah it's been it's been a amazing experience it'll be in minnesota in four years and if you haven't had a chance to uh, actually check out uh, special olympics i highly recommend anybody in minnesota to volunteer to be part of this it's coming to minnesota in four years really yeah it's going to be based on probably the university of minnesota campus and then all around that area but it's 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 not like you sports it's not like professional sports you're out there cheering for everybody and it's just a lot of smiles a lot of happiness it's it's a pretty cool time so is he planning can can he be a part of it in four years again we'll see i mean it's pretty rare to be invited once let alone twice and uh so he played as unified basketball 
in 2018 in Seattle, and then this year he actually competed as a gymnast. So we'll see. I'd like to get him into power lifting. He's such a brute. But uh, one of the guys today uh, deadlifted over 600 pounds. Oh boy! Incredible! Incredible! Wow. So how like how long had he been working for this? I mean, did you? Did you so you obviously didn't expect this. This was uh, this was kind of a, kind of a surprise, or? Well, when he was 10, he was actually invited to apply to be on Team USA. His gymnast abilities at the time were outrageous because he was so small and so strong for his weight. I mean, he was rocking through all the competitions. He was winning golds in almost every event, if not all, in some competitions. And uh, and then COVID hit and all of the special needs, all the, all the Special Olympics events, all the unified sports events just shut down. And he's, he's been sitting around too many days at home and, and has put on a little bit of weight and uh, it just made him difficult to, to uh, c- compete at the level that he has in the past. But yeah, he did well. I was real proud of him. Yeah, what, what was your favorite moment? Well, he did a, a vault that was just, uh, he ran down the, down the track at about 100 miles an hour, jumped on the thing and went way in the air, landed, stuck the landing and he just knew it. He just went, <laughs> <laughs> That was, it was fun. That's that great. was fun. Well, yeah. it was, I know you, you posted some videos on your Facebook page. It was fun to follow along uh, yeah. virtually down there. So uh, yeah. con- congratulations. And congratulations on uh, the recent Minnesota Fishing Challenge, $512,000. Man. Uh, absolute new record. I give Bernie Berenger uh, an amazing, uh, he's doing an amazing job, that entire team at Minnesota Delta Team Challenge. They're having an 80% success rate with the uh, clients breaking with addiction and that's unheard of in the uh in the thing and yeah you get to see the choirs up there sam anderson's leading it and uh i tell you what if you ever sit in that in that auditorium or that actually that's heritage church and listen to some of the testimonies from teen channels and listen to them singing and see the difference that this event or this organization and this event are make, uh, having and changing lives and families it's uh, it's pretty powerful so if you haven't fished it Take it, put it on your calendar next year, that first week in June, and and just commit to being part of it. Yeah, I think I did it when I was living up there. Uh, I did it. I think it was 2015 when I was a part of it, and I'd I'd love to be back. My summers get get a little crazy, but I I just really yeah. enjoyed the event, and I, I really respect what it's all. Tell our listeners and our viewers here just a little bit more background about why this event takes place and what it what it benefits. So Minnesota Delta Teen Challenge is a faith-based drug and alcohol treatment program. Uh, I, uh, addiction affects a lot of families. It, it affects my family and, and, and virtually every family. And the, the nice thing about this program is it works. They're, they really do a great job. L started this event uh, 14 years ago. As, as you know, and I know, I've spent a lot of time in wind, behind the windshields. You get a chance to thank and things. and. And he had a chance to, uh, you know, just develop this idea about the Minnesota Fishing Challenge. Jim Calcafin uh, from the PW2 got involved and we put together a very professional uh, event. And it's just been amazing. Uh, it just absolutely amazing. I think the first year we raised 30 or 40 or 50,000 or something. And last year was 450, 444,000 or yeah, 444,000. And this year, 512. I mean, Bernie uh, has put so much into this. I mean, he was virtually in tears. It's incredible. Is this... Is, this is raised uh, obviously from people that are participating, but then also you have uh, some donors, I'd assume, that, that uh, like giving money to this. 
Yeah, there's been uh, it's, it's title sponsored by uh, Fleet Farm and and, and Sea Foam is involved. And a number of companies are involved, but majority of this money is being raised by the actual teams. That team with Rich and those guys are up there. They've raised over a million dollars in the last 12 years. That's uh, one of the reasons that we uh, celebrated that at the event. And uh, and a number of teams are raising, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25,000. And I think that's where it came together, where it's just, I think people feel that connection with the, the, the men that are up there and they feel the connection. They know they're making a difference. And when you can fish for both men and for the Lord, it's uh, it's a pretty powerful weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That takes place on Gull? Yeah, the Gull Lake chain. So everybody fishes uh, Round and uh, Roy and all that, that whole thing. So it's a nice tournament because it's, you can fish walleye, you can fish bass, you can fish multi-species, you can target pan fish and things. Uh, there's Mark and Grady, they had a nice bag this year that they had uh, just over 11 pounds on largemouth. And on an average day, I mean, even if you don't know the lake, you can go out there and catch 30, 40, 50 largemouth. It's, it's the fishing is just phenomenal. So if somebody wants to be a part of it next year, whether they want to be a sponsor or get a team together, what, what do they need to do? Just go to Minnesota Fishing Challenge and check out the website or go to Minnesota Dalton Team Challenge. There's actually the uh, North American Fishing Challenge, uh, I think it's next week, uh, where you can fish. Uh, uh, it's an all online tournament and still participate and still be involved and you still get a chance to win a boat uh, by raising at least $500 in, in um, support of the event. But that's another way to get involved and it's still an opportunity available right now. Okay, great. Well, I, you know, I, as, as I get older and I do different things, I look back every once in a while on different jobs I've had or, or jobs I never got. And I don't remember all the exact details, but it must have been right out of high school. I interviewed for a job somehow. I don't know how I heard about it, but I think it was, I think it was North American, North American fishing or North American fishing club or something like that. Really? And yeah. <laughs> And I remember walking in and they said, okay, you need to, we need you to sit down at this computer and see how fast you type. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what the job was, what it was for, but I, I, they had a, they, they tested my, my words per minute for my typing abilities. And, and I was like, oh, all right, that's a, that's a pretty cool fishing job. <laughs> Do some typing. I didn't get the job. So apparently I didn't type fast enough, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't remember what. I never year do that. that. I never do that story. That's funny. Yeah, so um, that was a while ago. But uh, I'm excited to get you up to uh, to Tazan Lake this year, Steve. Looking forward to it. It's only a couple of weeks away, and then I can get out of the Florida heat. And what I love about heading to the far north, and, and I've never been on Tazan, and that's one of the things that we do on Lake Commandos is we try to figure out new bodies of water. But when you've got a lake with lake trout up to seventy some pounds, and you've got these pike that are 45 you know even 50 inches or more i mean who doesn't want to go there and enjoy uh just phenomenal fishing and so it'll be fun so you're gonna face off against danny thompson from garmin yeah and yeah. i i don't know i mean maybe you've got strategies that maybe you can talk about them right now maybe you're you're holding them uh, a little close keeping them secret right now <laughs> but it's gonna be real clear water um 
it was a late spring, so the ice, we were looking at satellite imagery here this week. The ice uh, looks like it's finally ice-free. There's still a little bit of ice hanging on here pretty late, but I think it's all ice-free now. So the water temps should be, by the time you get there, they should be getting into that, you know, mid-60s. You should be sitting pretty good. Oh, that warm. I'm a little concerned about uh, it. will be up in the back bay, but it's going to slide out already. Yeah. We lost you there for just a second, but I mean, if you were talking about warming waters in the back bays, yeah. that's that's definitely what we're, what we're a little worried about as well too. But the, it's some pretty nice temperatures up there, some warmer temps. I think it was 66 here uh, was the high the other day. So uh, no real. I mean, it's going to be 60s and 40s for the overnight. So it's it's going to nice. be slow going, but it should be warming up. But real clear water up there. I don't know how much weed growth there will be yet. But based on based on that, how how do you think you would attack a body of water, a new body of water? If we're going to target pike, one of the things that I've learned a long time ago is that the big pike don't like to chase, and you can catch them on spoons, you can catch them on uh, some of the traditional minnow baits and things like that. But I've found that these big fish are actually uh, not apt to chase as much, especially the bigger fish. I'll tell you a story. Years back, we were on a lake in northern Manitoba. And we, we got off the plane, there was still ice on the main lake. This was a, a June trip as well. And and uh, we pulled into a back bay and I threw a, a bait out. I threw an inline spinner, I think. And we had several big fish. We're talking 17, 18, 19, 20 pound pike. Follow the bait to the boat. But the only ones we could get to bite were these five, six pounders. And what happens is the morning, at, at, in the evenings, everything cools down, the water cools down, and as soon as that sun comes up, it's very intense, that dark water bay is back, you know, dark bottom, and that water temperature explodes going up. And those big fish don't warm as fast as the slow fish. So they're in a situation where they're not um, acclimated to the water and they're not so active. But if you leave those fish alone and go back in the afternoon, it can be absolutely lights out. So my plan is to scout in the morning, and kill in the big kill the big fish in the afternoon. Not kill them, but but yeah. uh, really target them with uh, uh, presentations that allow them to bite. You know, isn't it funny how as you get older and you you fish different bodies of water and you catch a few big fish? I remember growing up and having a day full of five and six pound northerns and just being jacked about it. You know, like, yeah. And they're fun fish. They're always going to be yeah, a fun absolutely. fish, five six pound fish. But after you catch, especially after you spend some time in the north and in those some of those Canadian lakes where you start getting into the forty plusers, you get a little spoiled after a while. Absolutely. There's something about giant pike that just I just absolutely love. I, I've been chasing them for oh, well over 30 years now. And it's every time you, you see one of those fish that comes in and you try to get your hand over the back and you can't get to it because it's too big. And, and you got to hold it up under the belly just uh, just to support it. Uh, yeah, those are fun fish. Well, with that clear water up there, the goal is to get you sight fishing for some of these big pike. And I'm guessing you've done that before, but it is some of the most exciting fishing I've ever been a part of. I'm amazed when you look across the bay and you see this log on the bottom and you throw a bait next to it just be out of habit. And all of a sudden that log turns and starts following. <laughs> that's, that's when things get fun. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've sat there going, is that a log? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you see it move just a little bit. and <laughs> Yeah, when in, when in doubt. <laughs> My favorite story is uh, Barry Prawl, one of the owners up at Tazan that you'll meet when you get up there. Um, 
he he's kind of a reserved guy. He's not. He doesn't get real animated. Doesn't get real excited. And I was fishing at Tazin with him a couple of years ago, and we were sight fishing. And he was in the back, and he was kind of slowly back trolling a little bit. And all of a sudden, I I heard more. It was just noises coming out of his mouth. He wasn't even forming words. And it was the biggest pike he'd ever seen in his life. He's like, "Oh my gosh, Brett!" And I was throwing a I was actually throwing a streamer fly at it, and yeah. uh, and trying to trying to pick it off with a little bit more subtle presentation. And he's like, "Oh my, it's turning, it's turning!" And there's still there's like thirty syllables in the word "turning" that he's spitting out at me because he's so excited. And uh, I ended up hooking into the fish. You can see it on one of the episodes of Taz and TV. I hook into it and I'm freaking out because I can tell it's big and it just is going wherever it wants. And I could see uh, a branch coming up out of the water and it was headed straight for whatever that log that was under the water there. And he wrapped on it and popped off. And uh, at, at the time, that would have been the biggest pike I'd ever caught. I think I surpassed it last year with the 50 incher, but you got a 50. Uh, I got a yeah. 50 up there last year. Yeah. I had a chance to fish a river in Alaska one time with a double buzz bait, and the camp had a rule of one one hook. There's a lot of a lot of uh, waterfall up there, so we, I started throwing a double buzz bait across, bringing it across the surface. And the biggest pike I've ever seen, the biggest pike in the world. I, I don't know how big it was. <laughs> came up and ate the double buzz bait, and I was shocked. I kind of waited till he turned, set the hook, and the bait came flying out of his mouth. And I gave the death stare to the guide, and who was also the owner of the lodge, and he said to me, "Go ahead." which means I could put my stinger hook on the buzz bait. <laughs> That's the worst. The top water stuff. I, I always set the hook way too early on them. Is that right? Yeah. You get so excited. This fish, this fish was well over 30 pounds. I, <laughs> I don't know how many pounds it was, but it was long and fat. And I've, I've had them up to 50 inches myself. And this thing was a class by itself. But Man. Yeah, good fish story. Uh, yeah, that's great. I, I ended up catching one. Uh, a couple of years ago up there and I was I could see it and I was throwing I was throwing I think I was throwing a, like a MEPS number five big spinner inline spinner and I threw it out and the water exploded immediately and as I was bringing it in I could see this pike following it and it you know it was huge and yep. what happens a lot of times up there there's so many little little fish in there too that sometimes the little fish will sneak in front and bite yeah. that before the big one can get to it and that's what happened. i saw this little one come in and i'm like doggone it this little fish is going to come up and eat this thing in front of this monster and he did he was i think he was 41 inches was the little one. Oh, the little fish the little <laughs> one was 41. i couldn't believe it that was one of the first years I was up there, and uh, I was just kind of blown away by the whole thing. And, you know, the pike fishing is incredible, but the lake trout is is just unreal. Um, have you done a lot of big lake trout fishing, Steve? I've had a chance to fish a lot of the big lakes like Williston and Reindeer and all that and, and Newelton and over the years. And I've had some giant lake trout. I, I haven't broken 40 uh, that are – that no, I, I know I haven't broken 40 – so I'm looking forward to it. But one of the things I like about Lake Trout, one of the things I'm excited about going up there with Danny Thompson with Garmin is we're going to bring a live scope with, and I want to see what's actually out there. I want to see how they respond in the presentation. And I want to see what we can do that uh, maybe if we didn't have the electronics, just uh, if it would open the doors for uh, giants that we just didn't know were there. Well, I, it, and it, if the water's still a little bit colder, you might might find the big ones a little bit shallower yet too. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun when you hook into a thirty pounder and you know less than thirty feet of water or something like that. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. You know, the lake trout have a bad rap in the in the Great Lakes, but when you hook these giants, 
in Saskatchewan, in Manitoba, or whatever. It's 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 amazing place. So they really do fight. Yeah, I I didn't realize that about Lake Trout in the Great Lakes. And you know, we did some sports shows a couple of years ago, and we were down in Chicago and and uh, Milwaukee around Lake Michigan a little bit, and I, and I we'd show them these pictures of fifty pound lake trout or whatever. They're like, ah, you got salmon. <laughs> No, we got fit. Do you see the banner? Yeah. See the banner behind me. The world record lake trout size. Eh, those grease balls. I don't want, I don't, I want some salmon. I'm like, oh, I know. Well, I mean, these are, these are not your typical lake trout that we have up here. Yeah. I've had a chance to fish Quebec a a number of times. And it's amazing. You'll have a three or four pound brook trout on, which is a trophy brook trout in a lot of waters. And watch these 15, 20, 25 pound Lakers smoke them like pipes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to be filming Lake Commandos up there. So, uh, yeah. for 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 those that don't know the what Lake Commando, you know what you do on Lake Commandos, uh, the format. Uh, you you and Danny are going to be kind of squaring off, right? Yeah, it's our goal is to get to a new body of water and and figure it out. I mean, we'll we'll stand on the shores of Tazan and and we're going to target pike. I think first, and Danny will say, "Well, I think this is the technique that's going to work," and I'll think and I'll say, "No, that's totally wrong." And I'm going to go this route, and then we're going to go out and fish head to head to see who can catch the biggest fish. But one of the things that really the show is all about is about building patterns. So for after walleye. Uh, we, we may do soft plastics and cranks or live bait and jigs or, or something like that and just see what's working tweaks we can make that are uh, more productive than, than uh, other guy and it's really all about building patterns and if you're looking how to build patterns that's a tough thing to, to learn that's the way to do it it's a fun show to watch, and it's uh, I love the, the the idea behind it and the format of it. So I'm excited to to see it in action on Taz. And, and uh, I just got something in the mail the other day that I'm going to bring up. It's a uh, what was it the a- HD 127 or HDI 725 I think HDI 7 the Aquaview that can I can run it down 125 feet. So wow. I'm going to try to get one of those big lakers laying on the bottom down in 100 feet of water i'm gonna just gonna try to get it on camera first but i'm gonna try to i want to try to jig one off the bottom in 100 feet and get it on camera while i'm up there yeah so. the aquaviews products uh, they changed winter fishing and now they're changing summer fishing i mean it's amazing what you learn by just kind of taking a peek under the surface and uh, i can tell you one year uh, we used the old-fashioned cameras that were connected and we ran a spoon off the back and we couldn't troll fast enough because the baits would, the camera would wobble too much. At one point we had six Lakers in a single file line behind the bait. <laughs> and we never did trigger one, which was interesting. Well, well, that's, that's what's funny about lake trout is uh, we've had big lake trout eat, you know, eat our, eat our lures after they've just eaten, you know, eaten a, a 18, 19 inch fish. Like they're so yeah. aggressive that they don't have to be hungry to get caught. But then I think a lot of times it's it's aggression and it's also curiosity. And I've run some of those inline cameras and have had multiple fish chasing. And I remember w- one year up there, it was uh, it was kind of windy and rainy. And there's a huge island in the middle of the lake with an with a lake inside the island. So if you get some wind, you can you can fish every day and just kind of back around out of the wind behind some different islands so it was it was just going to be an action day we we're going to try to catch as many lake trout as we could in pike and we we're going to troll some shoreline and try to get underwater strikes on camera 
and we went like a half hour without catching a fish and we we were all kind of looking at each other like this is something is weird about this a like, full half hour huh? yeah yeah well that we're definitely spoiled up there there's no doubt what? yeah there's so many fish in this lake and no pressure so it, it, that's i mean that's how crazy it is like you if you want to catch if you don't care about the size you can go and catch generally you can go i mean it's still fishing but generally you can go catch a fish and uh so i went back and i reviewed the footage and for the full half hour i had at least one lake trout and at times two different lake trout just following it and i had i had some kind of spoon that was wobbling back and forth and every once in a while yeah and every (laughs) once in a while it would swing it would swing to the right and they'd miss to the left and they were just just off a little bit, just a little passover. It would swing left, and they'd miss to the right. But there was there was fish behind us the entire time. And without that camera, we would have had no idea. Yeah, yeah. No, and, this winter we 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 had uh, we had a aqua view down in our fish house all winter, and just watching watching fish come through, bluegills and crappie and bass and everything. But uh, when you actually can get in a situation where you've got wilderness fish. And these things maybe 50, 60, 70 pounds. I mean, come on, yeah. is there anything better? No, it's fun. And, you know, and uh, you can also use those cameras to f- see how your, your lure's running. And if it's running wrong, then you know it's your fault. And it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I got some new gear to bring up. So it's going to be an exciting season of Taz and TV. And I'm looking forward to the Lake Commandos episode, uh, maybe episodes. Where can people watch Lake Commandos? So we air uh, Q1 and Q2 on Outdoor Channel Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock this year. And then Q3, Q4, we're on World Fishing Network um, a number of times, four, five, six times a week, depending on the week. And then MyOutdoorTV.com has our entire library dating back. And I, I, uh, I got a call from the Outdoor Channel just a while back, and they said that we we're up to almost 500,000 minutes of downloaded Lake Commandos. Uh, in the last 18 months, which is incredible. So uh, people like the show. It's a fun show to watch. It's a fun show to produce. And I love waking up because we're not going out to do a crankbait show or a topwater show. We're going out, whatever the conditions show us and whatever we think is going to produce fish that day so we can beat the guy that's uh, in the boat or the gal that's in the boat with us. But at the same time, the the whole goal is to build patterns and show people the art of building patterns from what you're seeing on the lake. Yeah, and that's fun, and people are going to learn something from watching the show, of course, but we're totally ripping off your idea, by the way, Steve, Dan and I, and it's going to be just competition. I mean, we might learn something, but I just I just want to beat Dan at fishing, and Dan and I are going to do a Taz and, Taz and TV Lake Commando episode this year. So uh, only going to be wanting that you're going to be doing. <laughs> so it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good summer. I'm looking forward to uh, to having you up at Tazin. And uh, Steve, good luck the rest of the time down there in Orlando. And congratulations again on the Minnesota thanks, Fishing Challenge. And thanks for the time today on the show. Great. See you in a couple weeks. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com. And make sure to like our sponsors. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com.